Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Last Call at McLaren's. I am Josh Rayner, and I am here with my best friend, my brother, John. How you doing today? What's up, everybody? I'm doing really yeah. good. Slice and dice, how are you holding up? You know, uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. And I got to say, every time I hear that theme song, it gets me pumped. I love it. I, I got to say. I love our theme. Your, your, your work on making that theme was extravagant. Sounds just like an opening that I could hear playing for a TV show. You got a nice little montage going. Throw us in at the end. You got yourself one fuck of a podcast. Hells yeah. It's awesome. If you guys are uh, listening on like Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I highly recommend heading over to the YouTube channel just to check out that intro once. If uh, you know, if, if oh, watching yeah. isn't quite your thing, I still recommend just checking out that intro. I mean, if, if you don't want to see primo. two fat dudes shooting shit, this probably isn't the video to watch. But like he said, at least check out the opening. I mean, that opening, steak sauce. <laughs> yeah. It's A1. Steak sauce, baby. Uh, but yeah, we are here. Brand new episode. And uh, as you can see down at the bottom, we're talking about season one, episode five. Okay, awesome. Okay, right. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first aired October 17th of 2005. Directed by Pamela Fryman, who, uh, you know, I've said her name every episode for the last now five episodes. And I looked up, uh, I was like, well, you know, how much, how much does she direct? You know, apparently she is one of the main, not one of, she is the main director on this show. She does every episode in season one, every episode in season nine and all but like, 12 episodes throughout the rest of the series oh wow yeah she she is like we're you're gonna we're gonna hear her name a lot uh as we go through this podcast uh but it was uh this episode was written by chris harris uh this guy goes on to direct quite or to uh, write quite a few uh episodes throughout uh this show um usually like two to three every season um he had some Pretty key ones. Uh, as I was, I was kind of looking through. He he wrote the the Fierro episode. Okay. He 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 wrote um, everything must go. He did uh, the butterfly tattoo episode. <laughs> he did the front porch episode, and uh, and a whole bunch. So uh, a bunch of, of like other the good ones. Real key episodes. Yeah, a whole bunch of real good ones going on um, uh, throughout his career as a writer on this show. So I uh you know. It's funny because we talked about, you know, off air about this episode and the episodes that surround it. And uh, I know you had some opinions on that. Well, I I do. And like you said, we were talking about it off air. And, you know, episodes one through four so far have been very pivotal in setting up characters. And like, this is how the character development is going. This is where we're going to build. It's Ted and Robin right now. Ted's interested in Robin and trying to settle down. And then you get to this episode. And this episode, in its own way, if you were to pluck it from season one, it wouldn't affect anything. Because this episode is very forgettable. doesn't really set up anything. It doesn't really have any point. And even because I we were going to record episodes four, five, and six together. And then we were going to post them on Mondays. So I had watched all three episodes at the same time. And I forgot about this episode when we were getting ready to record that night. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it it's surround, I mean, 
it's surrounded by two fantastic episodes. Yeah. You, you got the Natalie birthday episode and then episode six, which is the slutty pumpkin. Those are like key episodes where like, when I think about how I met your mother, those are some of the ones that pop into my mind fairly yeah. early on, you know? Yeah. Well, especially slutty pumpkin. It sets up yeah. Halloween's to come. Yeah, exactly. And so like, it, it's, it's just, there's been so many in just these short episodes, the short few that we've done so many key episodes that I'm like, damn, season one was packed with stuff that I forget was done in season one. It's so crazy. The other thing that we talked about off air and I'll bring it up because it really doesn't affect the episode. So it's not like it's a spoiler, but the one key thing that really comes out of this episode is there's an introduction of a character that you only meet once in this episode and she doesn't come back until like six or seven seasons later. And it's for a brief appearance yeah. For a ha- like, um, I mean, maybe ten minutes. Yeah, if not even, I don't think that. Honestly, maybe three minutes. Really, maybe, you know? maybe. Yeah, which we'll, you know, we'll talk about her when we get. We'll there. talk about her when we get there. But I'm just saying, like overall, yeah. like yeah, she serves no real purpose in this episode. You could I mean, have taken her out and put anybody else there. Yeah, I mean, I like this episode, but it's definitely not. It's not even as good as the other. No, uh, four, the other four. And and the next one that that we are going to do as well, um, so it's definitely of the like first six episodes of the series, it's the weakest I think. Personally. I would agree with you. Okay. But uh, yeah, we're gonna get into it. So the summary for this episode for uh, episode five, okay, awesome. Ted and Barney join Robin at a nightclub where she is on the VIP list. Meanwhile, Lily and Marshall host a wine and cheese tasting night with other couples at the apartment. All right. Uh, I have a side note for this episode. This is one of the few episodes where Barney does not wear a suit. Like I said, that's I don't think I noticed that at all. Yeah, it's crazy to me because because that's a bit that's the biggest thing, you know. And you know, Barney wears a suit, and I know that there have been a, you know a small number of episodes where he doesn't wear a suit. Yeah. But I did not think it was that early on in the show. What was he wearing then when they were in the club? That like shiny shirt, that shiny oh, silver shirt. Oh my god, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I my, that's why I didn't think about it because I was like, yeah, he's got the shiny shirt on with like the the nice slacks. Yeah, he's like. For those of you on the podcast you know, <laughs> listening, uh, you just missed out on John doing a, a pretty epic dance. Uh, <laughs> another reason, <laughs> another reason to watch it on YouTube. <laughs> oh goodness! All right. <clears throat> so we start off the episode. Future Ted telling his kids that he's going to tell them a story of the time he went deaf. I think the okay. better question is. When is Ted not telling his kids a story? I know. He's supposed to be telling them how he met their mother. Yep. Yeah, every time we we freaking hear from this dude, he's like, oh, did I tell you about this story? If I was those kids, I'd be like, shut the fuck up, Dad. <laughs> and just tell us the damn story of how you met Mom. Well, like, and that's the thing. Stop it. This is one of those episodes has nothing to do with the future, you know. Yeah. You know. Not at all. At all. No. I mean, they kind of like... They want to tease you when he meets 
You know, I mean, we, we don't hold spoilers on this show. We don't care. So, like, when he meets the coat check girl, yeah, like they kind of, they, I think they're kind of wanting you to wonder, oh, is this gonna be her? Because you know, it's the first season, and no one knows how the show is gonna go down. No one knows That's how long true. the show is gonna last. So they're, you know, I feel like they're trying to, they're throwing like these random girls, and they're like, oh, is this how he meets her? And it's gonna play out for the rest of the season. I don't know. It's not. <laughs> like, no, every girl he comes across, you're like, oh, Ted's gonna whore himself out again. Yep. Oh, yeah. his heart broke. Poor Ted. Yep. Yep. As this, as the show goes on, you're just, you're just like, you almost become, <laughs> num- you almost become numb to like all these, all these girls that come through his life. You're like, yeah. it's, it's not gonna be her. Honestly, it's not gonna be her. To quote Marshall in a later episode, I follow the Marshall route. I became cynical where I'm like. What the fuck are you doing, Ted? You know you're not going to end up with this girl. Why the fuck are you going to hurt her and fucking just go back to being like, I'm destined to be with somebody, but I haven't found her. <laughs> it's so true, man. Well, like, fuck you, Ted. Like, I love this show, but Ted is kind of a tool most of the time. <laughs> and he put more effort into his jobs than he did in finding the one. Yeah. Just saying. Oh, it's true. It's It's totally true. So then we cut to the bar. Robin is telling the guys to say that they are her bitch. Ted, of I'm course. Yeah, man, I'm your bitch. Ted, of course, obliges. Uh, Robin then reveals that she is on the list for a hot new nightclub called mm-hmm. Club Club OK and offers to bring Ted and Barney. But while she asks if uh, she should add Marshall and Lily, the guys laugh. And explain that because Lily has become embarrassed of her perceived immaturity, that they are no longer doing that sort of thing. Uh, we see a cutscene of Marshall and Lily deciding to have a wine tasting party. And so this is where the two kind of streams of this episode uh, are, are set up. You know, we're going to have, yeah, we're going to have Robin, Barney, and Ted on one side. We're going to have Marshall and Lily kind of going off doing their own thing uh until we get toward the end where you know as usual it merges at some point all right so uh robin tells ted uh, that she'll introduce him to her friend kelly uh her hot friend kelly hot friend yeah barney barney doesn't believe it at first i mean we meet kelly and she's hot i'm just saying Later that night, Ted comes out uh, in his blazer that Lily loves, and then Barney comes in with a shiny silver uh, shirt, which Lily makes fun of. Uh, He makes a comment uh, about there being 24 similarities between women and fish, uh, and says to Lily, you really never read my blog, do you? (laughs) This is the first time the blog is actually mentioned since the, the pilot episode. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because it, the we've been doing the blog at the end of every episode. This list is detailed in the blog. Is it? And we will talk about it later on. Yeah, all <laughs> all twenty four similarities uh, will be uh, down here. There are actually three entries for the blog this week. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It's uh the other two are short, but it, it all yeah he did three. Throughout the throughout the, the the week, I guess you could say, um, leading to this party. So uh, they get ready to leave. Barney makes a, a gay joke after Marshall tells him uh, that they will be pairing some wines with some gourmet cheeses, 
this is another one of those uh, Barney being cringy moments. It doesn't doesn't quite hold up. No, but uh, it's funny because it does make me think about future Marshall and how the only thing he ever is allowed to bring to parties is the cheese platter. Yes, and he's always very like Gouda. Yeah, <coughs> the big wheel of Gouda. The big that, wheel of Gouda that they got off the internet. No, oh, yeah. Uh, at the club, Barney uh, lays out his plan to get a girl, which Ted is very skeptical of. Robin comes out and gets them into the club. Uh, I have a little another little side note here. Outside the club are three geeky guys hoping to get in. Yep. One of one of which is Sam Levine, who some of yep. you may know Freaks from shows Geeks. like Freaks and Geeks. Uh, he's in the movie Inglorious Bastards. Uh, not some another of, team movie. Yeah, not another team movie. Some of you may know him. From the movie trivia Schmodown. He's uh pretty big. Oh, I didn't actor. know he was on that. Yeah, he's uh he he was a, a big time player in it a while ago, and now he's uh one of the main managers uh over there now. So yeah. He's a really good actor though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Dude, he pops up in everything. He does indeed. I mean everything. <laughs> I swear. It's ridiculous. <laughs> at the uh, at the back at the apartment, we get Marshall and Lily. Uh they you know they have a bunch of random people over. And they start talking about having kids. Marshall says, uh, kids make you old. They weigh you down. One of the women then re, uh, reveals that she is pregnant. So Marshall tries to make it a little less awkward, unsuccessfully, and then just gets up and walks away. Heads to yep. the kitchen. I would probably do the same thing. You know? I don't know. <laughs> there, there was no backpedaling out of that one, though. Like, like he tried so hard, and she's just scowling at him the whole like. Bitch, just accept the apology and walk away from it. It's whatever. Yeah. It's now, not like you're wearing a shirt that says, I'm pregnant. It's true. Now, I don't... If they said this in the episode, I didn't catch it. Do we know who these people are? Nope. They're okay. just like a random set of Lily's friends that yeah. like... Okay. I think one of them was one of the teachers like she knows like from school. Okay. I was going to say, because like I don't remember them like specifically stating how they know these people. And I'm just like... I feel like Marshall doesn't really know these people. Probably. I mean, to to quote one of our favorite little sideshows, we're introduced to this group of people, and we never seen them again mm-hmm. because they probably fucking killed themselves. A hundred percent. Yeah, uh, I was hoping that you'd say that. I. I mean, you know, I'm gonna go for that open door if it's there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, back at the club, Ted checks uh, his coat, and then they head inside where it's so loud that they cannot hear. Uh, so uh, you know, Ted checks his coat. Like I said, that's the first time we see yep. coat check girl. We don't yep. get really any interaction with her. We just see her. We know she's there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then Barney finds a girl to grind on, and the night is off. Yep. Then yeah, we go back. The other dude walks away. It's true. We uh, yeah, which I think is hilarious. I mean, it's obviously that's his plan. You know, he goes in, scopes out the you know the place, waits yep. you know waits for a dude to slide away, and he slides in his place. It was an obvious plan. It's an obvious Barney plan. You know, it also make- worked. It did a hundred percent, and it would have and it would have uh, it would have been a perfect plan, except for what happens later on, which we'll get to. Uh, back at the apartment, Marshall is talking to Lily in the kitchen, uh, mocking the guests, and then he turns around, and the pregnant woman is standing right oh, yeah. there. So great. It's like, 
at that point, why are these people even staying there? Like, I don't right. know, man. Well, like, you can clearly tell you're not wanted at this point, yeah. or that Marshall's clearly just not having a night. Mm-hmm. Just fucking be, make an excuse, leave, go home. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what? We got a. Uh, I forgot. I left my stove on. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> That's an inside joke for you folks. <laughs> I hope you enjoy being on the outside of an inside joke. Uh, then Lily grabs the wine and suggests they start drinking, but one of the guys says they need to let it breathe. Let, let the breathe. Let those tannins mellow for about thirty minutes. You know what, man? I don't think I have ever in my life let tannins mellow in any sort of wine that I've ever had. Well, first off, no offense. I don't drink I a lot drink of wine. Cheap wine. That's true too. When you get more of the expensive wines, like the like the twenty thirty dollar bottles, they do in fact recommend that when you open a bottle, you let it breathe, and it's it's supposed to help like the the flavors set and like stuff yeah, like it's that. supposed to let the tannins mellow. You know what? Just because you've watched an episode of How I Met Your Mother doesn't make you a wine connoisseur, John. <laughs> I've also watched uh, an episode of Parks and Recreation where they talk about wine. I and your what? liquor store selling wine. <laughs> you want to be a, what, what's the word? I don't know. A, Somo- a Somalian? A Somalian. That's what it is. No, not a Somalian. That's somebody from Somalia. A, oh. a Somalier. You want to be a Somalier? No, I do not. You want to you pair a nice red wine with some fish? No, but I will take all the cheese you got. That, that, is, that is true. Fair enough. That is true. Uh, back at the club, Robin attempts to get into the VIP room and is turned away. So this starts uh, a kind of a downfall for, for Robin throughout the night. Things just... just don't go well for her starting. Kind here. of also creates like a C storyline off the A storyline. Yeah, it really does. Which I, which I like, you know, it's making you follow little things here and there. And see. It really Cause is. Cause like it really fits with the, what's happening in the episode. You got this chaotic party going on. Yep. So it makes sense that like, you got all these like little storylines happening that you have to try to follow. And, and it, it feels almost chaotic. You know, it really, I think it sets that tone. Yes, and I, I'm 100% with you on that one. Yeah. I think it absolutely sets the tone for what is to come in this yeah. episode. Uh, then, uh, you know, back at the club, Ted continues to try to talk to Kelly with no luck, and he well, uh, goes off I, to I, get her a drink. I was going to say, I love that, like, he's saying <laughs> things, and you clearly, like, they're giving you, like, the, um, the subtitles. The subtitle. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, you know, and he's like, you can't even understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, I have done that. I'm going to be honest. I, I have absolutely done. I've been to I've been to a few parties where it's just way too loud. And I've done that, you know, just said something weird. So, you know, I, I can't blame Ted for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would because, again, I have 100 percent done that. Fair enough. Uh, we bounce back to the apartment. The guests are watching uh, Claire's ultrasound video, and Marshall is obviously bored out of his mind. Bored. Uh, yeah. Lily says that Claire and Austin have invited them to their fondue fest the following weekend, which I find very surprising, John, um, seeing as Claire's the pregnant woman and Marshall has made a fool of himself twice. Yes. Uh, you know, 
kind of, I mean, I feel like he'd be on her bad side by now. Yet they're inviting them to Fondue Fest? I think I it's know. more of a, we want to invite Lily, but you can't invite one without the other. I guess that, you know, you're probably right there. Um, Not to mention, I think it's Marshall's response to the invite that makes me laugh even greater. Don't try to make it sound better with hot cheese, Lily. Like, hey, I mean, that is, if not a mean you answer. Yeah. Like, I know for a fact, both of us have at least dated people, and you know exactly who I'm talking about. It was an 0708 thing where we didn't want to go to shit, but we went because we had to be supportive. Yep. And it sucks. Yeah. And then they would be like, well, you know, there's going to be this there. And they're like, look, look, you can tell me it's an open bar. That does not make it better, okay? It just means that yeah. there's going to be fucking beer there. That's true. So I feel Marshall on this one. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Marshall goes on to uh, to say that uh, you know that these are you know they're boring people, and Lily says you know it's time for them both to just grow up. That's like I you know what? That. Yeah, you know, growing up doesn't mean being willfully boring or, or doing things you know in your free time that you dis actively dislike. Absolutely. No. That's that's not what that means. And no. I mean, I feel like they, they kind of figure that out for themselves uh, throughout the episode. Uh, Marshall then heads to the bathroom and decides to leave <laughs> by jumping out a third story window. Uh, future Ted explains that uh, he's not sure if this is actually what happened, but it's what Marshall says happened. And this is kind of the beginning of the unreliable narrator trope that we get from Ted, yes. from future Ted specifically uh, throughout this. Because there are, there are some some key episodes that we get to later on where it's like, I, I can't trust what Ted is telling us. Uh, nope. One in particular is the first time he mentions the goat. Yes. Because he thinks... He can't actually remember what birthday. Yeah, because like he tells all this stuff about the goat and then he's like, wait a minute, this was the wrong the wrong birthday. There, there's another big instance, too. The Barney Lily fight when she's pregnant. Oh yeah. And like he like he has the whole story backwards and he can't remember key facts. Yeah. But then like he remembers all of a sudden, like, oh, Lily was pregnant, and this is what it was over. And then they like they fill it back in with the right facts. And it's like, wow, took you telling the story to remember the facts like that? I know, right? I mean, part of me, part of me, kind of relates to to it because, like, there are plenty of times where I have a hard time remembering stories. That, you know? I mean, I get it. I'm not com- saying it's not not feasible. I'm just saying yeah. that. But if he's gonna tell this giant story, get your facts straight, bro. I mean, you he know? can't even remember Blah Blah's name. <laughs> what was her name? Carol. Carol, that's right. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, shit, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so then back at the club, Ted tries to get some drinks, but the bartender is ignoring him. He finally gets two beers, and it costs him $34. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck that. Yeah, I'd so, have so him right back. I, I have a question for John. What is the most that you have ever paid for a beer? And what is the most you'd be willing to pay? 
most I've ever paid for a bottle of beers was uh, $4 a piece. And that is the most. That's actually not bad. Like, I I mean, you go to like a, like a dairy and lake, you know, or like a theme park or something like that, or like a big concert or something. Yeah. I mean, seven bucks. Yeah. And And you're probably. Nope. Yeah. So like, I I mean, the most you asked me my opinion. Oh yeah. No, I'm telling you a standard bottle of beer cost me $4. And right there, when she told me that I was like, I'll take the one that's in my hand. The rest of the night, just bring me waters. Like, fuck (laughs) that. Yeah, that's uh, compared to some other places, that's one of the more reasonable high-priced beers that I have I have heard. Most of the places I've ever been to, which, mind you, are typically bars, two fifty to two seventy-five a beer. Yeah, that I can I can tolerate. Yeah, anything more than that, I'm like, uh, I might as well get a fucking mixed drink. This better be a good fucking beer you know what i mean better be and let me tell you my four dollar one was fucking warm it wasn't even ice cold if i'm paying 17 dollars for a beer that thing better be the best fucking beer in the world i agree it better be like freshly brewed but ice cold that beer better give me an orgasm that's all i'm saying (laughs) at the apartment the guests are uh, talking about some boring music uh lily just wants to drink but she can't as the tannins just aren't ready they're just not ready. Damn those tannins. Damn those tannins. It's like fucking uh, tannins. This is the way I look at it. This is her party. They're at her apartment. It's not like it's at one of these other people's apartments. Like, if she wants to fucking drink, like, why is she letting these other people control her party? You well, know? here's the better question for you. You're going to a wine and cheese party. Mm-hmm. The moment you arrive there, you know that you're going to end up drinking said bottle of Cabernet or whatever. Yeah. Why did you not open it then and start letting it breathe so yeah. that the hour could pass? So then when people want fucking wine, it's ready. Yeah, exactly. You know, if these people are all like, oh, yeah, you've got to let the tannins mellow. Mellow. Well, then, then they should have been responsible for saying, okay, we need to open up the wine around this time so that it'll be ready around this time. Okay. I like, mean, there, there should have been. Yeah. Or there should have been a cheap bottle of wine that could be consumed during the process until the good official bottle of wine was, again, fucking ready. And if I'm Lily, I just go in the kitchen, pour myself a glass. I don't care. I mean, the rest of the tannins can mellow as I drink this unmellowed glass of wine. 100% agree. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I feel about that. Uh, at the bar, Ted starts uh, just saying some weird stuff like we talked about uh, since uh, she, Kelly cannot hear him. But on his third go at this, the music just out of nowhere just stops. I just wet my pants. <laughs> I'm wetting my pants. Kelly just looks like so weirded out and just goes off and dances with some other guy. I don't blame her. You know, I mean... <laughs> But why did the music just drop out suddenly like that? Dude, it happens like, sometimes. That, I feel like that is a bad DJ. Have like you if, not seen the Lose Yourself video? I don't I, I don't know. I mean, it's probably been a very long time. I'm just saying, though. I feel like a dance club, if you're switching to something, you got to have a – it's got to – they have to, like, blend. They're supposed to, but I mean, but I'm pretty sure nothing. I'm I'm pretty sure it didn't it didn't switch songs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it just stopped, 
Maybe it was just a skip in the record. And then picked back up. And I'm like, I think that DJ, I think he saw what Ted was doing. I think he saw it. He's a mouth reader. He's like, oh, that son of a bitch. He's like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna mess with that guy. Yeah, perfect time. Oh, oh, sorry, man. Oh, you're wetting your pants? My bad. Here's some music. To quote Eminem, <laughs> oops, my CD just skipped, and everyone just heard you let one rip. Mm-mm. Yep, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Johnny with the pop culture <laughs> references. <laughs> From how long ago? This is like your version of the Hanging Chad, which we'll get to in there. <laughs> That thing is so many years old by now. Oh. <laughs> All right. So outside the bar, Robin is on the phone trying to call the owner to find out why she can't get into the VIP area. Uh, Marshall comes running up and she gets him into the club. Uh, th- the three geeks, uh, they think he's famous. They decide that must be the third Affleck brother, Brian Affleck, which I thought Brian was- Affleck. Brian Affleck. If I ever meet Jason Siegel, I think I want to call him Brian Affleck. I don't know if he would get the reference, to be honest with you. I hope he would. But I want to do it. You know, I sure think it would be, be great. Yeah. Uh, as Robin's on the phone, a new bouncer comes out. And so when she tries to get back in, he won't let her because her, her name's already been crossed off the list. I'm like, is there no communication here? Like, that dude, the first guy, saw yep. Robin come out, obviously knew who she was. Yep. When the other guy took over, he should have been like, yo, that girl right there, she uh, she's in. Uh, she just needed to make a phone call, make sure she gets back in. Okay, and that's it. Well, I, I thought about something when this part of the, the episode happens. <clears throat> this is supposed to be some high-end club. Like, yeah. Some like really high-end club. Why didn't they have some form of like a stamp or wristbands or something that people have been in? Yeah. Because in theory – she was in. She should have just been able to be like, "Look, here's my wristband. Yeah, I'm I'm Robin Shabatsky. Yeah. She, like, or where was her fucking purse or her identification? Yeah, that that too. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she probably she probably either didn't bring it or she checked it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if she checked something, now she can't even get it. Yeah. You no, know? and I mean, you're absolutely correct. It's one of those things where. You know, it, it's stupid because it should have actually played out and it didn't in turn. Yeah. So it is what it is, though. And it, I just I feel bad for her because, like you said, it should have never happened that way. No, it, it definitely it definitely should have. So uh, back inside, Barney is grinding on this girl. Uh, Ted tells him, uh, you know, whether or not he she is cute. Yes. Because uh, he could, you know, Barney's behind her. He can't see. Nope. Uh, Ted, you know, he gives him the thumbs up uh, and uh, says that uh, she's uh, out of his league. Though He kind of like, I don't know if it's because he doesn't really say it because he can't hear anything. No, they kind of do like a version of charades. Yeah. And I'm just like, is is that really like I would never have gotten that, you know, the, the out of the she's out of your league part. That's I'm like, fair, but I would never for people that. who are watching <laughs> and not just listening, I can I can look at you and be like. And you know what I'm talking about. Other people are completely clueless. It's true. It's true. It's very true. And for those of you listening, go watch and you'll see. <laughs> and if you know it, leave us a comment about it down below. That's true. <laughs> uh, so Ted goes to leave. But as he uh, goes to get his coat, Marshall comes in and stops him. Calling the coat check girl, Coat oh, Wench. Wench. And, you know, she thought that was a pretty good name. 
which is, you know, you get your first kind of glimpse at the personality of this girl. Uh, you know, somebody who, when you first meet her, you think you don't think anything of it because she's just this random coat check girl. You know what I mean? She, she's just this wench. Yeah, and and now we're kind of getting more uh, kind of about her, kind of get getting a feel for her personality, which uh, you know, as the night goes on, we get a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, Marshall convinces Ted to go back in, but as Marshall takes a drink of beer, he pops off his temporary crown on his tooth, putting him into a lot of pain. Uh, I have a crown on, on one of my teeth and man, I can't imagine just how much pain that would be in. If that thing popped off, like that would be, Oh, that would suck a whole lot. So uh, I, I can, uh, the fact that he was able to, can he fought through that and just kept on partying, man, more, more power to Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, he doesn't continue to party through it. They they don't dive into well, that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Later. It's true. But, I mean, he tries. He does, like. He does. He is kind of doing his thing. He's trying, man. He's trying his hardest to just push through. Uh, so then back at the apartment, Lily discovers that Marshall's gone. She tries to call him and learns that he's at the club. Because when because why he answers the phone, I don't actually know. Better question is, how did he hear his phone ring? That maybe it was on vibrate. I don't know maybe. if that was a thing back in two thousand five. I don't but, know, uh, but uh, that, that's the only thing I could think of because there's no way he would have actually heard no the uh, the, the phone. Um, and then Lily jumps out the window just like Marshall. And I love how Ted's like again. I wasn't there for this, kids. Yeah, but this is what I'm told. Yeah, third story window. You know, and then and she's wearing like boom. heel boots. Yes. It just lands like like nothing. Superhero landing. Yeah. Just rough on the knees. Right there. Uh, Lily finds Robin uh, just sitting on the curb outside the club, kind of sulking. Uh, inside, we see Marshall telling Barney about his tooth. Uh, Barney suggests looking for some aspirin in the bathroom. And for those of you who don't understand that reference, because they don't, there's very few places that, that do this anymore, but you know, back in the day, you know, a lot of public bathrooms and, and clubs and, and places like that would have these little machines that you could get, you know, aspirins or a condom or whatever. And I know like in, in the, the women's room, there'd be like tampons and tampons. pads and stuff. And then also like pain medication, like uh, yep. Tylenol, ibuprofen, that kind of aspirin, that kind of stuff. Um, and it would be like 50 cents or something like that, whatever you yep. put a couple quarters in and boom. Uh, you get it. I think. Uh, I think in the guys, a lot of the guys ones also had like little things of cologne. Little a lot cologne. of times, yeah. So breath, uh, breath mints. Yeah. So that's the, like that, that's like what breath, it is. Uh, yeah. That's that's what Barney is referencing. So I'm sure there's a lot of like younger kids out there who have no idea what the heck they're talking. Yeah. About. They're not referencing drugs. Yeah. Well, it's I mean like, they are, but like, yeah. it's like why would there be aspirin in the bathroom? <laughs> well, that's why. See, right there. Uh, and so he goes in. Looking, you know, for some aspirin, and he comes out visibly high. high. Like, I don't know if he took X or like Molly or something. I don't know what he took, but uh, they don't actually tell you. He and but here's the thing: where, where the fuck did he get? Did he just go in there and ask somebody? Oh, do you got? Because I feel like Marshall wouldn't knowingly take narcotics. Okay. 
So, like, I feel like what he did, he went in there. There was no machine or there was no, you know, if there was a machine, there was no aspirin or whatever in it. And there was somebody in there and he probably asked them and they gave him a pill. Probably. You know what I mean? That pill was probably ecstasy. Probably. <laughs> and he's like, oh, thanks. You know, he's in so much pain. He's not Especially thinking. in a club like that, X would be the only thing that yeah. would make sense. And so, like, he's in so much pain. He's not really thinking, you know, any anything about it. He just takes it. Takes it. And then he is flying high, man. No pain, just soaring. Soaring. And, uh, and that that's, that's how I envision that whole <laughs> bathroom situation going down. I don't know. I don't know about you, but that's that's definitely how I. No, that's kind of I, I picture it. very something similar. Yeah. Uh, so then Ted uh, heads to the coat check and starts chatting up uh, the coat check girl yep. over there. Yeah, you know we get to see Ted work a little bit of his uh, his Ted charm. Then back outside, Lily and Robin uh, talk about why Lily is acting like this uh, with the wine party and everything. Lily decides to get them into the club by flashing the bouncer. And they both do it and let them in. The geeky guys are uh, kind of in shock and awe. I mean, dude, we've had that happen. Oh yeah. Just, well, the one dude literally says it's the it's the four best and only breasts he's ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. It, it was it was pretty funny. Those guys are those guys are. They were. I like the addition of just like the random geeky guys who want to get in the club who are just yep. there. You know, it added some nice levity to to some of this. Where yep. I mean. I mean, a lot of the stuff in the episode is funny, but like that just brought a little something extra to those uh, outside scenes that would just kind of be like whatever, you know. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. All right. So uh, inside, uh, Ted continuing to talk up the, uh, the coat check girl again. Like I said, Mosby charm, full on display here. Then we go back to Robin and Lily. They enter the dance floor. They split up. Uh, Lily finds Marshall dancing in the center of the room. Uh, everyone's watching. He's doing the robot, something that uh, we established in one of the earlier episodes. It was either the pilot episode or the second episode um, where uh, he start he does the robot for the first time. Yep. And we discussed on our episode uh, when we talked about it that this kind of becomes a thing. It was something that, that Jason Siegel did on the fly in that episode. Yeah, and then they decided that the robot was going to be a Marshall Erickson thing throughout the show, and they, I love that they brought it back here so soon. So after soon. that, you know, so um, I, I love it because he's he's good at it, man. He, he's actually really good. He's at funny. It. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it so much. Uh, back at the apartment, someplace we haven't been in a bit. Yeah, the, the guests are still there. They have they they don't seem to notice that Marshall and Lily are gone. They don't seem to care if they do notice. Uh, and they're just sitting there playing trivial pursuit, trivial pursuit for the piece. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I honestly, now that I'm sitting here talking about it, I did not notice whether or not any of them were drinking the wine, but now I'm kind of curious and kind of want to almost go back and rewatch it just to see if any of them were drinking the wine, had the tannins mellowed by had the tannins mellowed. <laughs> uh, Barney, that we go back to see him grinding some more on the girl. And then she finally turns around and Barney is just taken aback. He discovers that it is his cousin, Leslie, Leslie, Leslie. 
And uh, yeah, she they they're just disgusted, and t- you know she takes off. And John, we never see her again because she probably fucking killed herself. It's true. I mean, I mean, after getting a fucking dick in your ass most of the night, only to find out it's your cousin. I mean, uh, it's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me want to text Sherry. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's. Wa- I hope she's watching this episode. I really. I, really, I tell really, really, her specifically really. to watch this episode. Yes. Uh, so then Ted says goodbye to the right. coat check girl. Uh, makes Barney tip her, and I, you know, they don't specifically say it, but I'm looking at it. I'm pretty sure he just pulls out a hundred and gives it to her. It's a pretty big number. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. I mean, Barney's, I mean, we don't know what he does yet, but he's loaded. He's got a ton of money. Oh yeah. He's got money. Yeah. All kinds of kizash. But it's uh, funny because you're right. And like Ted doesn't really formally say goodbye <laughs> or anything either. He just kind of like leaves. Yeah. Doesn't I, even get coach that girl's number. I feel like that's Ted Mosby for you. Yeah. He's not a solid closer. He's not. Ted is not a, not a closer. He's really no. not. Uh, so they go to get Marshall, but he and Lily are, uh, you know, in the club making out. Uh, Ted and Barney and Robin are you know, just kind of glad to see them, you know, enjoying themselves. Yeah. But they instantly regret it as they begin doing something off screen. Who knows what? It, it's Marshall it, and Lily. It's, you know yeah. it's something dirty. It's Marshall and Lily. They're always doing something. Then they're all in a cab, and I'm bummed it's not uh, Ranjit. Yeah. To be honest with you. Uh, except for Robin. She's not there. Uh, they're yelling because they can't hear. You know, at, you know, we started off this episode with Future Ted telling his kids about the night that he went deaf. The night he went deaf. And obviously, you know, you get into the cab, and they kind of showcase that, <laughs> that, that they can't hear because of the, you know, because of the club. Uh, Marshall is upset that he wasn't invited to the club. Ted tells him that he wishes he could do stuff like wine tastings with the right girl. You know, it goes back to the whole Ted looking for, looking for the one. Looking but for like, love in Alderaan places. Yes. Alderaan places. But I feel like Ted isn't really looking that hard. You no, know, not at this point. Like you said, he didn't even get the coat check girl's number. Nope. Like, Come on, bro. What are you doing? You know, the funny thing is, is like later on when we see her, it's a manifest of her. No, she actually walks in in that episode. So never mind. Yeah, she she walks in, but everything we like, all the talking and stuff is all in his head. Well, I was going to say, we never see her again. She probably fucking killed herself. But then I realized, no, she actually walks into the bar in that episode. Yeah. I mean, we don't see her again after that. So who knows? <laughs> she was on a date though that night. That's true. That's true. Maybe she spotted Ted, and then got so upset that she probably fucking killed herself. <laughs> <laughs> and for anybody out there, is like, why are they saying that? That is so morbid. Jeez, go watch, go watch the Zach Morris's trash uh, episodes from. I don't even know who makes those. But... I don't know who makes them either. I think they're college humor or something like that. But, but just look, YouTube. yeah, just look up Zach Morris's trash, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about uh so uh yeah marshall does some stuff marshall says that uh i have to i I lost my place again i'm going to edit this out marshall says that uh maybe it'll be the coat check girl and future ted pops in and just says it wasn't 
Yeah, it wasn't. Which I think is hilarious because, again, we get to see her one more time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he already spoils that it's not her. So, you oh, know, that's she, true. she pops in and then we get all that other, you know, the, the kind of back and forth yeah. uh, with Ted in, in that episode, which I think is, it's, you know, it's funny because by that time, most people probably have forgotten that specific line that takes place probably you know what i mean because i'll be honest i forgot that he said that that future ted said that <laughs> so it, it was nothing you know it, it, it seeing her later on i was never affected by that line so that's fair uh and uh the best part of that scene i thought was uh barney just not being in the loop at all you know while they're in the cab and just kind of blurting out random things Yep. which I thought was which I thought was great, and so uh, and that's how the episode wraps up. Uh, you have any any thoughts? Any extra thoughts about uh, not episode really. five? Not, not for this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I feel like like we talked about at the beginning. It's it's kind of just, it's an okay episode as the as the episode is titled. Okay, awesome. It's okay, definitely awesome. more okay than it is awesome. Just saying, it's pretty okay. Kind of awesome. Yeah, you know, it leans more toward. Uh, the okay side of things. All right. So uh, we are going to get in to a segment on this show that we like to call Barney's blog. That's right. Where we talk about the uh, entry in the official Barney's blog for this episode. And uh, like I said, there are three entries for this episode. That's crazy. All right. The first one is titled, Shooting women in a barrel. And it was uh, dated Thursday, October 13th, 2005, 8.30 p.m. And Barney uh, kind of talks about, you know, uh, getting into this club and, and uh, talks about his, his, your, his your, what he called the Euro shirt. That's yep. his silver shirt uh, with a reflective, it looks like a reflective disco ball is what he says here. Huh. And he gives us the entire list, the 24 ways in which women are like fish that he talks about in the episode. And I'm going to go over this list. And, uh, and John, just let me know if there's any that kind of catch your eye All right. or your ear, as the case may be. All right. Number one, both are attracted to shiny objects. Well, that's an obvious Two, thing. Yeah, you know. Two, more fun to catch while drinking. Three, neither travel well. Four, there's others in the sea and or bar. Five, three words, catch and release. Six, both travel in protective groups. Seven, small bladders. Eight. I feel like that's a bad one. But small bladders? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure fish have small bladders, but... You know, just means they have to pee a lot. And if they're anything like Lily, it's true, as we right. see in future episodes. True. Uh, number eight, the deeper you go, the scarier they get. <laughs> number nine, the, number nine, the, their weight largely determines their value. That's, that's, that's typical Barney misogyny right there. Yep. Like, like, come on, Barney. Number 10, it says edited. My lawyer was requested that I remove this one from the blog. Hint, crabs. <laughs> Something to do with crabs, apparently. 
Number 11, uh, they get all ornery if you try to grab their tail. Number 12, bears will eat either of them. Like, okay, sure. It's a period joke. <laughs> Number 13, uh, sometimes I like some wild. Sometimes I like some farm raised. Number 14, you must document great catches or no one will believe you. Video preferred. You know, that's the classic picks or it didn't happen yep. situation right there. Uh, number 15, easier to reel in if you let them wear themselves out first. Number 16, seen the movie Splash? Case closed. Okay. You know, mer people. Yeah, I got you. Now, John, real quick, on, on, that, on that note, uh, would you rather have uh, a, a typical mermaid where it's a human top, fish typical. bottom, no, or, the, or the other way around? You tell me you don't want to bang a fish head? Come on. No, man. don't. I'm good. <laughs> oh, what if it's a dolphin head? No. Does that, does that work any better for you? No. What about a squid head? No. What if it's got tentacles and can do some no. weird stuff to you? No. Oh, good stuff. Number 17. This one is in, is is uh, uh accompanied by a, a picture which I, I I'm not I don't have uh, so I'm not going to put it up there but you can go and look uh, on the blog. <laughs> it says cold blooded looking your way Stacy and then it has a picture of who I'm assuming is Stacy. Uh number 18, neither can operate a vehicle. Number 19, they both eat things. Like really they both eat things. Number 20, the harder they shake their tail, the further they'll go in life. Number 21, scales are important to each of them. Number 22, they never have to buy drinks. Number 23, um, eggs, duh. And number 24, can hook either with a great line. And that, my friends is the 24 ways that, uh, according to Barney Stinson, women are like fish. Huh. So, John, it's an interesting list. What uh, What are your thoughts? Fucking typical Barney. It is, man. Like, I'll be honest. I was a little embarrassed reading through that list. Because yeah. some of those are really, like, they do oh, not. Man. Oh, dude. Like, so much. It's, it's so bad. It is so bad, but it's, it is, it's, but here's my question. I wonder who actually wrote them and how they felt writing them. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, back in the early two thousands, it wasn't cringy to write that shit yet. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I wonder I guess how they feel true. about writing that stuff now though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what they, you know, if they go back, they look, they look back at the stuff like that, how they feel about it. You know, I've always wondered stuff like that. So I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting, but that was only the first of three. There are two more blog posts. We got a second one here called Update. It is uh, dated Friday, October 14th, 2005 at 7.19 p.m. So this is the following day from uh, the, the post we just we just saw. And I'm just going to read this one. It's short. It's a short little paragraph. It says, Robin got us on the list for that new club, OK. As a, as a rule, I only frequent clubs where admittance is contingent upon a series of passwords, hidden stairwells, and a dress code that leans toward the formal, but my buddy Ted really, really wants to go. 
Rather than listen to him cry like a little girl, I have Euro shirted up, prepared to procure maximum layage and min- with minimal effort, and will post my review of Club OK upon my return. All right. And so then the final blog post are his findings. <laughs> and this is dated uh, Saturday, October 15th, 436 a.m. So it's that night after. Yeah, it's like pretty much when they're getting home. Yeah. Uh, and he gives, uh, he starts off with a ranking. He says, Club OK, high two out of a possible high five. Wow. Which I think is hilarious that that's how he does his, his ranking. I mean, that's a great ranking system for him. Yeah, yeah. And it has like a little picture where it's like uh, a silhouette of two people high-fiving. And ah. so there's, there's two of them that are in black and the others are, are like outlines. So I thought that was, that was pretty clever. Um, and so it says, it turns out, OK is barely adequate, exhibiting a marked lack of grindable cutlets. Quick suggestion for Club OK, LASIK eye surgery for the bouncers. The situation inside couldn't get much uglier, and I mean that. Let's just say in a pond this small, you'd have better luck catching a fish at a family reunion. Barney ah. out. Th- then they show a picture of like the front door area of the club. Yeah. It says Club OK's UGMO-friendly defenses. And then the last thing uh, that they have on this blog, it says, uh, I am, of course, kidding about the family reunion thing. That was a joke. Like he felt the need to go back in and reiterate that. That's great. Yeah, I do. I do believe wholeheartedly that his uh, his review of this club was completely steered by what happened. Absolutely, know? which no, has no nothing to, has nothing to do with the club. You know what I mean? Nothing to do with the club. You know, the first girl he he went for and was there the whole because like there were plenty of other girls. Plenty of other girls, but the but one he right on one. But the one he picked, unfortunately for him, was his cousin, and that ruined night for him. You know, so is what it is. But uh, so yeah, there it is. Season one, episode five of How I Met Your Mother. Okay, awesome, John. Woo! Final thoughts. Good episode. Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Could could have been awesome, but it wasn't. <laughs> All right, so uh, if you got nothing else, tell everybody where they can find you on the web. The usual places, Twitter, Facebook. Look me up. Find me. You yeah. do the work this week. Yeah, you can uh, go that way. Right down there and see his, his Twitter handle. That's right. And then you can go right down here and see my Twitter handle, at MovieBlogMerk. Uh, that is the uh, Twitter page for my site, Merk and Movie Blog. You can also find me on Twitter at J.P. Rayner. That's J-P-R-A-Y-N-O-R. Always hit me up. Wherever you can, I will, I'll talk. And you can always find us, Last Call at McLaren's, on Twitter, on Anchor, if you like listening to podcasts, at Last Call, H-I-M-Y-M. That's Last Call, H-I-M-Y-M. Uh, and I like to post all kinds of random How I Met Your Mother stuff over there. He does. So uh, interact. Let us know what you thought about this episode. And uh, any if you have suggestions or Anything like that, let us know. We're always here to hear, you know, we're always willing to hear your thoughts and take your, your comments. But if you're a dick, then we're going to tell you to fuck off. Simple as that. That's right. That's true. That's true. So join us next time when as we talk about the slutty pumpkin. It's going to be a good Woo-hoo! one. 
I hope you guys are excited. But uh, until then, John, what do you got for him? Don't have to go home, but you don't have to listen to us here. That's right. Catch you later.